Hey guys, welcome to the next shot. Today's guest, we have Dr. Paul in from North Carolina talking a little bit about chiropractics, some health and nutrition aspects, some things you can do on say the golf course, and just understanding a little bit more of the human body and that we're the people that really set these changes in that the chiropractors do. It's not their responsibility once they've adjusted you. It's it's up to you to go out there and get yourself better after they've done their adjustments. So great to talk to them. You guys are hopefully going to be learning a lot, and I can't wait to talk to you guys next time. Enjoy. You're playing, man. Chilling on Wednesday afternoon out here in Phoenix. Doing some podcasting it up. How are you doing? How's North Carolina? Oh, yeah. You know, beach life whenever I can get out there. But, you know, That's what we're office, hours are, office hours are crazy, so. I'll bet. I bet we got Jazzy Jeff here. I think you guys just became acquainted on the on the gram land. Instagram. Yep, on the IG. Bringing people together. I love it. Oh, yeah. Nice, man. So how's your day? How's Wednesday? I know it's, uh, what is it, 7 o'clock there? Yeah, 7 o'clock. And, you know, we had patients from 7.30 all the way until about 6. Oh, so oh. days days very jam-packed. Any interesting people out there today? Any uh, cool scenarios? They actually was nothing crazy today, thankfully. <laughs> Pretty calm, just standard stuff. There you go. That's good. What do you normally see? Do you work with a lot of golfers? Yeah, so there's probably at least 30 golf courses within a half hour of both of our offices. So every single patient that comes through the door almost is a golfer of one way or another. So yeah, pretty much everyone's a golfer here. And you're a golfer yourself too, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, since starting practice, I don't get to play like I used to, but at one point I had a nice little four handicap. So. Oh, there you go. Nice. That's solid. That's not bad at all. Yeah. I'd hate to see what it looked like right now if I went out there, but... <laughs> I hear you there, man. I played the other day and I played like garbage, but it was the first time in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah you got That's it. why we keep going back, though, right? That's 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 why that's why you keep coming back. Always striving for that perfection, man. Birdie on the 18th, you finally <laughs> figure something out. Last couple holes. Yep. So tell us about your business. You're TPI certified. Um, how long you been with, when did you start that? Yeah, we're a pretty unique model in our office, how we have chiropractic and physical therapy combined. And uh, we have two TPI certified chiropractors and TPI certified physical therapists too. So <clears throat> it's a pretty good mix of, you know, we can work on spinal stuff. Physical therapy can work on more of the strength and conditioning side of things. Um, so it's a good blend. Typically, people come in and, you know, we'll do like a full evaluation, the full TPI screen. And I've also done the SFMA. So I'm TPI level one plus SFMA. So that's essentially what level two is. Um, so, yeah, so I just kind of combine the two and design some type of corrective program for people. It's usually pretty basic stuff that golfers, golfers around here can benefit from. So. You don't have to dive in too deep with them because the smallest little body change helps them tremendously. What would be, uh, I know we kind of touched base on the feet a little bit last time I spoke with you, but what would you say 
is the biggest thing that you see from the golfers that you come in? And also, like, what's the age demographic that you're typically dealing with over there? Is it a little bit older? Is it a little bit more in the, like, the 30, 40 age bracket? Our original office, it's typically it's an older population, probably 50 and above. So the biggest thing with them is, obviously, as arthritis and degeneration sets in, it's hip mobility. Nobody can perform pelvic tilts, so strengthening some glutes and some lower core to help with that. And then glute strength is the biggest one, too. And most people that come into our office, you know, chiropractic office, it's back pain. And glute strength is one of the biggest players in that that I see with everybody. But we just opened a new office a month ago in a different area, and that's where I'm primarily at. And there's a lot more younger people, too, but the way society is today, it seems like with people just sitting on computers, watching TV, on their phones all day, you know, it's the same stuff that's showing up in younger people. No one can control their core. No one looks at their legs or their glutes. And by sitting, you just get the tight hip flexors. No one can move their hips around. And then like me and you touched on too, the foot is just that's a whole different arena to go into when you start talking to someone about their feet. Yeah, because it all kind of staples from the ground, work its way back up. Absolutely. I mean, you have 26 bones, like 33 joints, and over 100 muscles, ligaments, and tendons in the foot. Like, they're supposed to do something. Yeah. And then we got these big comfy shoes. I know. The, <laughs> yeah. Dr. Scholl's gets some arches going. Yeah. What's your opinion on those? I just started wearing the Vivo, the barefoot. And my toes yeah. just crack all the time. My posture's got a lot better, I'll tell you that. His strength in the arch is big time, yeah. I noticed, just running. But um, a lot of like yeah. the older members we kind of work with and stuff and see, they all have these huge sole inserts and stuff just because I think it's me, it's a temporary fix for them. It's probably the worst thing for them, though. Yeah. The way I approach orthotics is, you know, they're, it's a great to get people out of pain because it's hard to really – correct a function if you still have pain present because most people aren't just going to keep pushing through pain to restore their function so if someone has you know plantar fasciitis or something like that that arch has collapsed and we have ultimately we have to re-strengthen that foot to strengthen that arch back up so it can support the body weight and all the forces it's going to take but if they're still in pain they're really not going to do their home exercises and they're really not going to be a fan of all the soft tissue work you do on it. So I like orthotics initially in the beginning to help give some people some relief in that area. But, um, you know, I try to get people out of them as quickly as possible. That makes sense. And it's such a big thing in the golf swing, as you know, going up from like you were talking about earlier with glutes, glute strength and glute stability, being able to control the pelvis, that's probably one of the biggest things that we see players not be able to do in our realm is have pelvic control. Yeah, hip hinge, just a basic hip hinge yeah. to get into posture. And then from there, it's just over the tops, oh, yeah. early extensions, all the fun stuff. I press show 100 hip hinges a day at least. It's no, it's such a miss. Like, people just miss that, and they just hunch over. <laughs> I, can touch, I can almost touch my toes. <laughs> <laughs> just round their back round their backs yeah they don't they don't actually get it from that position yeah because like what i noticed like if you get too anterior and you try and swing a golf club you have like eight swing characteristics that's going to show up just from that yeah. So, yeah and like 
just like we mentioned with the foot, you know, the ground up with the body, the spine is the same thing, pelvis, sacrum, up. So if you're not stabilizing that lower lumbo-pelvic region, then everything else is just going to suffer. Yeah, and that goes in. Yeah, how many shoulders do you have to work on in a day? That's another thing I see a lot in older players is frozen shoulders. Uh, rotator cuff. Rotator cuff and things along those lines. And it's obviously probably coming from the same same issues from the ground up, right? Yeah, I'll see a handful of shoulders a day. The thing with shoulders is most people are so quick to jump right into an orthopedic evaluation that, you know, a lot of times they're getting – they'll get a cortisone injection. Um, physical therapy sees a lot. Of shoulders, that's a much better route. Just the way our practice model works is, you know, we can do the initial diagnosis and give them, get the adjustments like to mobilize the thoracic spine, get the scapula moving better, do some soft tissue work, and then pass them off to physical therapy and they can kind of restore those fine movement patterns that most people neglect, you know, scapular positioning and all those kind of things. So, so what got you into chiropractic? Obviously, you have an athletic background. So what kind of made you go this route? I got into chiropractic extremely late in the game. So I just wanted to do traditional medicine. And then it was my bright idea to go work in an emergency room for a year, which is probably not the best idea for my first hospital experience. <laughs> and uh, that that just, that just turned me off of everything. And I was like, going into my senior year, college I was like man now I don't know what I'm gonna do so we had team chiropractors I played baseball all through college so I knew our team chiropractor ended up had a little nagging shoulder injury that they helped me through so I was like you know I could probably do this this seems pretty cool so got into school and just went with it and haven't looked back since nice so you're ex-baseball player oh yeah nice you play in school yep I played all through college as a pitcher, and then I ended up tearing my labrum at the very end. So that's when the real world came calling. Right, yeah, it was such a bad – I hear that story a lot. Yeah. Didn't you do that to your shoulder or something? What was your shoulder? No, my shoulder's just frozen. Subscap is just gone. Okay. <laughs> From tennis, I played tennis, a lot of forehands, so I quit my senior year of high school. And golf, golf swing's a little bit easier to do because the right arm just folds instead of <laughs> going. It's Subscap's the fun one. Yeah, internal rotation's not so hot on it. External's good, but the internal, it doesn't. Yeah. It's got nothing on it unless I do some work to it. Oh, yeah. So, because I've worked with a couple people who've had, like, cortisone shots, and it seemed like they last, like, a year or two. Maybe it's, it depends, obviously, on the person. And then also people who have had like three, four rotator cuff surgeries and they're frozen, or their, their shoulder's still frozen. So like, would you go away from those treatments and try and do the releases and chiropractic work and the PT work? Or if it's like really bad, then it's like, all right, surgery. Yeah. So, you know, our practice is coastal integrative health for a reason. Like we work hand in hand with a lot of orthopedists a lot of primary care doctors, a lot of neurologists. So if someone, like sometimes we refer people to get a cortisone injection, like again, it kind of goes back to the foot thing I mentioned earlier. If someone's in so much pain, it's hard to work on them because 
at the end of the day, chiropractic work is all done by hand. And if someone can't tolerate pain with manual therapy, you got to do something so you can make some changes. Um, so I always just preach to people, even if I send them to get something like that, or even if they do get end up with a rotator cuff surgery, um, that's not correcting their function at all. It's correcting their immediate problem, but that problem didn't just happen last night. There was something that was causing that. So whether it's a motor control issue, just a joint mobility issue, whatever led up to that, that's what we need to correct. Or else it's, you can have a rotator cuff surgery, and if you still move your shoulder the exact same way and you have impingement, you're just going to tear it again. So if you don't address that underlying function, you're kind of just circling the drain. Yeah, that's kind of like my left hips impinged and right shoulders frozen. So that's a bad combo. That's a bad combo for right-handed yeah. golfer. You should have seen him swing lefty last night. His lefty swing's well, pure. Good. I might just switch over. <laughs> we did a little Matt Wolf lefty swing at Top Golf. That was fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trained the non-dominant side. You guys got a Top Golf over there by you? Yeah, we just got one down in Myrtle Beach, but uh, we got one. So my last year in St. Louis, we got one, and then I've got some buddies in Atlanta. So I've played, I've played a few top golfs. Yeah, that's a fun little, fun little spot right there. We were screwing around left-handed yesterday, like yeah. Jeff was just saying. Yeah. So you're from St. Louis originally, then? Uh, originally from Illinois, but I did almost all of my college in St. Louis, and then all through chiropractic school in St. Louis as well. There we go. So we got another Midwestern boy right here. Yes, sir. Gotta stay close. <laughs> so, who's the baseball team? Who's your squad? Uh, we'll have to go with the. Just it's born into me to be a Cubs fan, and then for whatever reason, when I was little, I liked the Cleveland Indians. I was a big Kenny Lofton fan, so I got both of those teams running for me. <laughs> we'll go with that. My my extended Cleveland baseball is the major league movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wild thing. So are you are you a Detroit guy or what? I mean, oh, you brought up that. I hate everything Cleveland. <laughs> everything is Detroit. That's, fair. <laughs> That's all right though. It's a it's a love hate relationship. It's like a, a this the Ohio is a my old pastor growing up always said Ohio would be better if it was paid over other than Cedar Point. Sure. <laughs> So I got a question about like the ankle. I see you see more tour players on their lead side. Their ankle spins out like Patrick Reed. Is that like obviously it's a, some kind of ankle issue? Would that be caused from the arches in the foot? Like if they're to strengthen that, or is it maybe coming from the knee? It could be either or. Again, I think a lot of that probably the foot will play into that a little bit. I think a lot of it has to do more with, like the hip mobility, and if they can't. If they don't have the internal external rotation in their hips and they can't load into that front hip, something's got to give somewhere. Okay. Goes down the chain to the ankle then, most likely. Yeah, just because, I mean, especially when you have golf spikes on, like, you're almost locking your foot into the ground, for lack of a better term. So if you're torquing into that front side so much, something somewhere's got to give to let that force keep going around. and easiest thing to do is just pop that foot out and release that ankle it's another good way to hit a fade too yeah it would be a good way to hit a fade <laughs> just, just, just turn it turn into it 
Because, like, I've done some work with just, like, golf balls and lacrosse balls just rolling out the foot, and it just hurts like hell, basically. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like I should probably oh, do, yeah. some, do some more of that. Yeah, I mean, that and uh, I get, like, the gel toe spreaders. It sounds ridiculous, but you look like, you know, a lady who just got her nails done or something. Just but just getting the yeah, yeah getting those toes spread out, too. Yeah, those things are – I actually wore them for, like, an hour and a half last night. My feet felt great. They're awesome, right? Dude, they're so good. It, like, hurts putting them in there for sure. Yeah, just go on Amazon and get some. They come in, they're like, dude, my feet are feeling amazing. Yeah. No, those things are money, man. I just – like I said, I just put them on last night. They're they're good. They're already doing its job. It's I like them. I'm excited. I got to go get a nice petty now. Put those sucker on, get the, get those feet looking nice. <laughs> Season, then you can go. To, you can go to the beach, son. You're good. That's right, shut off my golfer stand. <laughs> you got any Marriotts down that way? We <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there is someone. <laughs> so you got a you got a, a, a health and wellness podcast too called uh, Healthy with a Slice of Pizza, right? Yeah. So right now it's mainly just a blog. I haven't quite got the whole podcast thing up and running. But, uh, yeah, no, I started, like, that online blog earlier in the year. Just get some information out there and see where it goes. That's awesome, man. So do you do, like, recipes making pizza and things along those lines? Or what's a, what's the premise of it? There's a couple, like, keto pizza recipes on there. But uh, so the reason behind the name was, I mean, all about health and wellness, like nutrition, proper eating and everything. But at the end of the day, since my entire life, pizza is my favorite food. I have this huge passion for it. So like you can be healthy, you can live a healthy lifestyle, but you can, you know, you can cheat every once in a while. It's okay. So that's kind of the premise behind it is to preach health, 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 but with a little dash of cheating in there every once in a while. What about uh, snacks on the golf course? I get a lot of people who get who play competitive golf, usually holes 13 to 18, basically. They start to get fatigued. Mm-hmm. What do, you, do you have like uh, any specific snacks? Or I learned about, so, I know they do with some players, they'll eat just something small every few holes so the sugar doesn't get up too high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the sugar thing is a good point. Like, cause beef jerky is typically someone's go-to snack, but a lot of the commercial beef jerkies out there now, like they're loaded with sugar actually. And, uh, so I did a few months of strict keto dieting and I was like tracking all the carbs and sugars and everything. And a lot of, uh, beef jerkies aren't good for you, but there's a company out there that we actually sell it in the office now too, called perfect keto. I don't know if you guys have seen it out there, but, uh, Their products, no blood sugar fluctuations, lots of MCT oils. They have the, they have protein bars, a lot of good collagen protein in it. And I eat those all day long getting through work because I don't exactly take a lunch break or anything. So I'm just going all day long and having a little snack like that is great. That's a, that's become pretty big craze too. the keto, keto world. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like, the premise of it's, if I understand correctly, is high fatty foods and proteins, correct? Yeah, high healthy fats and then really eliminating carbs. So the low carb thing has been popular for a long time. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but what a lot of people don't do when they go low carb is they don't up their protein. They don't up their healthy fats because people are taught that fats are the devil and they're bad for you and it's going to raise all your cholesterol and everything. But now science is coming out and that's kind of shifting. So bumping up your healthy fat intake so your body becomes fat adapted. So if we're eating a bunch of carbs, that's getting stored the sugars, glycogen within the muscles, which provides energy. That's why a lot of recovery drinks and everything have carbs in them to help restore what's lost within the muscles. But your body can actually run off fat, and it's a more efficient energy source than a sugar is. So that's kind of the premise behind the keto is to get to fat adapted to burn off of that rather than burning off sugars, carbs. Have you seen more athletes kind of gravitating towards that diet plan? Um, yeah, I would say athletes are crazy when it comes to diet because there's some out there that swear that vegan is the end all be all. There's some that are vegetarian and then there's some carnivores getting a lot of traction right now, the carnivore diet, which is another awesome one, but <clears throat> that one's a little more difficult to, to follow. Is that probably because they had success with that diet? I've known like people like when they perform yeah. good and like then they don't switch it up at all. They're like liver die it's that. liver die. Yeah, like yeah. it pitched a, a good game or whatever. I shot thirty two. Let's have Gatorade, Blue Gatorade, <laughs> Slim Jim, and some Ritz cracker. Yep, yep, yeah. Cause I mean, I did the keto diet. I've done the vegetarian diet. I've messed with the carnivore. Like there's not one blanket diet for everybody. So what works for me may not work for you guys and vice versa. So it's really just finding with each person what works the best. Like I've got some people that they're strict like pescatarian diet. So it's vegetarian with fish and that works for them. I have some that are strictly vegetarian. I did vegetarian for a month and I just felt awful for that whole month. I had no energy at all. So it's just finding what works for each person. So, I mean, LeBron, I don't even remember what the diet was. He did a few years ago and he lost all that weight and that became the craze. And then, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just keep remembering. The Taco Tuesday thing cracks me up every time he does that thing. <laughs> I know. I don't even want to get into him doing the whole Space Jam 2 thing and stuff. Oh, man. Are you a Jordan fan then, obviously? Absolutely. 100%. There you go. That's my guy. <laughs> Jeff's, a, Jeff's one of those LeBron. LeBron, man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm Jordan Kobe all day long. Oh, dude, I like that combo. I do like AD, though. AD's nice. I think he, he's going to be a nice player for the Lakers this year. That's going to be fun. But uh, so, like, what's some of the – what's some of the obviously, you've been doing the keto for a little while. What would you say this is the biggest con – to the keto diet that you've seen or you've experienced from yourself and others that you've seen? Um, so not for me specifically, just because I knew about it going in, but the keto flu is what most people deal with. And essentially that's just people, are, they get dehydrated and their electrolytes tank and they'll get flu symptoms, you know, oh, upset right. stomach, fatigue, all of that. But if you, and then, you know, I even using stuff like Propel electrolytes in my water. Um, they're not the best ones out there, but just bumping up your electrolyte levels, making sure you're 
getting plenty of more water than you think you can even drink and you avoid all those keto flu symptoms. Interesting. What's that? That's the number one thing that I hear with people is they get those type of symptoms. Okay. So what's kind of the re- the reasoning behind that in like a nutrition aspect of thing being high protein, high fat? Is it because like the muscles are not getting the same energy or how does that kind of work in the sense? Why does it dehydrate you more? You're just, you're changing the composition within your body. You're changing your physiology within your body to how your body's working. So it just kind of, and it's, it's temporary. It's not a constant thing. Like you will get over the keto flu. It will, it's not a permanent thing. It's just that transition. Your body. So if you just, if, yeah. So if you just know it going into it, like, okay, hydration with electrolytes is the best way to avoid it. Uh, the same thing when you get the actual flu. I mean, people have been pumping people with Gatorade and stuff when they have the flu forever. Same concept as that. Just replacing all of that kind of keeps those symptoms at bay. Interesting. Very, very cool. Yeah, I didn't know that too much. No. So, like, uh, outside, like, beef jerky, what's something juniors could put in their, like, golf bag if they're playing tournaments? More snacks? More snacks? Uh, snacks on snacks? <laughs> I'm a, I'm a big sunflower seed guy, so I've always found that to be a good snack. Um, nuts of any kind, so like almonds, macadamia nuts, cashews, stuff like that. And it's going to be stuff too, like you're not going to sit there and eat a whole bag of almonds. So you're not going to pig out in the middle of a round and a lot of golf is played and it's a hundred degrees outside. So you want to keep it lighter anyways. So those high nutrient dense things like your healthy nuts and you can throw some bananas and stuff in there like that too. That you got to be careful with the fruit because of the blood sugar spiking. Yeah. So what typically happens to for somebody that has a blood sugar spike, obviously it's going to affect their mental performance, but what exactly does it affect in the performance aspect of things? Is it just losing focus? Is it like kind of what goes on there? So it's the actual spike itself is fine. You'll get a lot of energy, you'll get that energy boost, like that sugar high kind of thing. But then following that, you'll get that crash. Even if you're being active, you're gonna get that crash, you're just gonna get sluggish. So, I mean, you guys know with the golf swing, if everything's not right on time, that ball's not going to go where you want it to. Yeah, that'll cost you. It's just one, even just one swing on like the 17th hole or whatever. No, it doesn't matter. I could yeah. lose the tournament for you. Even, even in the sense of what you were saying with the blood sugar spike increasing the energy levels, you sometimes don't want your energy levels to increase out there. Because as soon as that energy level yeah. might might pop, your transition starts increasing, and then right. next thing you know, you're hitting a slice into the water, you're pull hooking one out of bounds on the 15th hole in contention mm-hmm. for anything, playing with your buddies on the weekend or playing for a yeah. major championship like Francisco Molinari laying sod over the ball on number 12 this year. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's easy to do. You're just not fully 100% there mentally. Yeah. Do you guys do any training like with the breathing or anything of that exercises on the wellness side of things? Yeah. So I try to incorporate some intra-abdominal breathing and some Wim Hof stuff. And it's really difficult to get an older population to buy into something like breathing. Like I've had people say, what do you mean? I don't breathe right. Right. But then I've had people who 
I've seen people who can't walk essentially because their hip flexors are so tight. So I'm like, listen, we're going to do some abdominal breathing. You're going to breathe into the hip flexors and we're going to get those parasympathetics firing and calm your sympathetic system down. And it's the breath work that shut those hip flexors off. They stood up like, wow, I can, I can stand up straight. Um, So once you get someone to buy, like, that's what I found out with breathing is you just got to get people to buy into it. Even though all the science is there to back it up. A lot of people they're like, Oh, I'm breathing right now. What do you mean? I'm not doing it right. Yeah. Chest breathing. I know I started doing like the Wim Hof stuff and just focus more on breathing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe like the last three months, four months, something like that. And just my core's got so much stronger. It's ridiculous. And just being able to get more oxygen to your brain like the mental focus you can have, it's light years of difference. Yeah, when you do it too, you sl- everything slows down. Everything becomes more focused, more sharp while you're doing those kinds of things as well and the breathing techniques. Even as small, do you do anything yeah. type of meditation yeah. at all? Your flight, so. Yeah. Have you messed around with any meditation? Obviously doing the Wim Hof stuff and things along those lines. Have you messed around with any of that? I've done, I've done some meditation. Um, it's that's probably one of the most difficult things for me to do just because my brain never shuts off. So I'm sitting there meditating, trying to be present, you know, pay attention to my breathing, be aware of my surroundings. Meanwhile, my brain's doing a hundred other things on the side. So I know that I just haven't really done much of it since like I tried it for about, we'll go like six months. I probably put in solid effort with it. And I just knew physiologically I wasn't getting anything out of it. my brain is still all over the place. There's an interesting method that I found. It's called Ziva. And it is kind of similar to the situation that you've been dealing with. I kind of dealt with it the first time I tried meditation. And her whole premise was you can't get your brain to stop thinking or stop doing anything. Because if you get your brain to stop, you die. <laughs> so you can't, you can't physically stop your brain from thinking but as you sit there and you allow those thoughts to come and go and you allow those thoughts to be there and you don't even have to be 100% present, you can kind of let yourself wander. But as long as you come back and then once you understand that you went somewhere, your, your mind has gone somewhere, you bring yourself back to that. And the, she uses a, a mantra and it's, it's a word or a phrase that you say quietly in your own head. And I've seen, I've seen much more success than I've seen from like other types of meditation that's more monk style meditation where you just sit there quietly for three or four hours or whatever it is. I can't do that, man. I was, a, I was, a, I was a diagnosed with ADD at a very young age. And I think there's a reason for that. I'd, I'd move around like a, a wild banshee. So it's been a, it's a good one to check out if you're interested in that kind of stuff at all. Yeah, no, I'll definitely have to look into that because shutting the brain off, trying to just focus in on one thing is crazy difficult for me. Well, your brain's working like a, like a major computer. It's constantly, control it's constantly going through different thoughts and different thoughts come up to the surface at different times and you have no understanding of why those thoughts pop up but they just pop up you can be like man i forgot my i forgot my keys in that pants pocket i should get those keys I gotta get, oh, wait a second i'm meditating i gotta get back to meditation and it's just kind of like we kind of judge ourselves a lot pretty hard on that but yeah it's a it's interesting because you start getting those breathing techniques down and become more aware of those types of things and it just slows everything down 
it's kind of puts you in some different perspective. It's pretty, uh, it's, it's definitely interesting. So going into like back in the golf and the spine, I know some people like believe in chiropractic practices and then there's other people that like won't go at all in their life. They think like if you get adjusted once, then you have to the rest of your life. And there's some people that are like, nope, never going to do it. I've had a lot of experience myself just because I had like three fractured vertebrae, my spine just from accidents, four-wheeling stuff when I was younger. And I've seen a chiropractor basically since I was about 10 years old. Now I'm 30, 31, and I still see my physio, but it's less, less and less stuff because I do more movement and breathing and stuff, trying to strengthen the right areas to where, like, people, yeah, I've noticed a lot of people, they're like, oh, if I do it once, then I have to keep going back. And, but what's your opinion on that? I always tell people that it's not that you have to keep going back. It's usually people want to keep going back because, was like the case with me when I first got adjusted. I didn't know how bad I felt until I felt good. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. I was in. Yeah, up. I was in college before I even got adjusted, and I got adjusted. And I walked out of there, and I I could turn my head all the way to the side, and I was like, I didn't even know I couldn't do that before. It just you become so more hyper aware of your body that you know when every when one little thing is a little off. That's so, yeah, that's so true. Cause like you get stuck in these positions, especially like people working desk jobs nine to five. I mean, if you gravitate in one position for a long time, that muscle area or whatever, it's always going to get tight. And then that's kind of what throws off the skeletal system, right? Yep, absolutely. It just takes one little thing. And I always revert back to telling people like, like, oh, all I did was I picked up my phone off the table. And the next thing I know, I'm bent over and I can't stand up. I'm like, but you were doing something over and over and over for months or years before something set it off. Like people pick up a piece of paper and herniate a disc. That piece of paper didn't herniate their disc. It was something right. <laughs> they did a hundred thousand times leading up to that. So people, yeah, I always tell people, like, you don't, you don't have to keep coming back forever, but once you're feeling good, typically people want to remain feeling that good. Yeah, in college, I used to go every two weeks to an outpatient place and get adjusted Friday Friday afternoons, and then I played golf so good Friday and Saturday, Sunday. It usually lasts about three, yeah. three or four days, something like that, then I'd kind of go back to its old patterns. But Thursday, the couple days prior to that, I, I couldn't move worth it was so much worse. And then I found out like when I did move really good, I'm like, wow, I can play so much better golf. It's just easier. Yeah. And it's like the adjustments aren't the almighty power thing. Like that just gives you the ability to now go train your body to let it do what it wants to do. Yeah. Cause it doesn't, it only lasts the next period of time you got, it's your responsibility after that to go kind of set everything in and maintain it. Correct. Absolutely. Like, that's what I tell people when I give them exercises to do at home. I'm like, I'm going to see you for 15 minutes to half an hour. Just in the rest of today, you have 23 and a half hours where I'm not with you. And then if I only see them once a week, like, think how much time that they're on their own. So it's like, you have to do this stuff to hammer home what we just did. It's, it's, a, it's absolutely a team effort. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably tough, too. I mean, because we... 
give people drills and tell them to practice and stuff. It's hard enough to get them to hit balls, but I can imagine trying to convince them to do like 15 to 20 minutes of mobility work each day, but that'd probably pay off the most. Yeah. And it's crazy. So like, I mean, you guys will know if someone's doing their drills or not. Like you can tell right away if someone's listening to you or not. Yep. Giving the same lesson over and over again to the same person. Lots of times. Keep coming back. It's same thing. Same thing. Uh, You got to fix this. What's kind of the main, what's some of the main exercises that are in those programming that you kind of focus on? Let's say for a, a person that has more kind of the pelvic area. Probably S posture. I mean, that's probably the yeah, most co- common one I see. Yeah. Far that more. Uh, S and C, we see both of them all the time. Um, just, so I usually break down their pelvic tilting mechanism to doing a supine pelvic tilt with them laying on their back. And just having them just arch the back or put their hands under their back and arch it up so they're not touching and then push it back down. And that kind of, they'll start to realize, okay, my hips are tilting back and forth. That's what they need to relay up to when they're in their golf position. Um, Or I'll even, I've even broken it down more than that to where I'll just have people doing knees to chest and bringing those knees as far up as they can. So they're going into extreme posterior tilt and then straighten them all the way out, laying flat on their back. And then that just shoves them right into anterior tilt, going back and forth. Um, it's amazing how far we've had to break down the pelvic tilt to get it to click in people's brains. But that's just, you know, people sitting at a desk for 30, 40 years. They're never, yeah. Everything, yeah. So that planks, I every everyone can do planks everyone needs to be doing planks Uh, glute bridge getting back into the glute strength the glute bridge another big one that i'm always giving people bring that what was that plank challenge back in the day or you like go plank over like random (laughs) like random items bring that back (laughs) you can start it today kurt we'll bring it back let's get it Paul might be out of a job though in a while because nobody's gonna. Everyone can do pelvic tilt then. We can't. We can't. We can't throw Paul out of business here. Yeah, everyone. Everyone's gonna fix their own body, so. Yeah. I'd be out. I'd be out of a job. That's true. I'll have patients. They ask me, "What do you think of like golf?" For a lot of people here, play pickleball too, and like, well, it keeps me in business. Right. Yeah. I say the same thing. (laughs) <laughs> and they say, I just read this on Golf Digest. And I was like, perfect. I'll see you in two weeks. If you don't, like, it's awesome being out there being active, but people always tweak something one way or another. Yeah, it's a, the hum, humans are never going to change. We're always going to screw something up in one way or another. Like, I was probably. We push our bodies so much, it's going to happen. I, uh, I threw my, I throw my back up, but my lower back went into a spasm. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago today, and I was talking to my uh, my uh, my soft tissue specialist out here, and I was telling him kind of what I was doing, and I was doing some DNS stuff after my workout, and he's like, "No, no, don't do that. Do it before your workout. That's a that's a that's a primer. That's a primer to get your body ready to go work out." I was like, "Oh, I was just kind of screwing around and doing some stuff," and I was he's like, "Yeah, your core shuts off, and now you go back to the old motor pattern, and your lower back." And I came out of this little little squat thing. And I'm like, Ugh! I'm done. I can't. Nope. <laughs> and I was literally on my back, 
working on mobility through my hips, everything for like three days. I I couldn't move. I was it was terrible. But yeah, you if you don't know what you're, exactly what you're doing or why you're doing it, you can screw some stuff up real easy. I'm I feel like I'm pretty intelligent when it comes to that kind of stuff from about four years of really researching and studying and working with some people out here. But I still screw things up all the time because I'm not completely versed in that world. So it's, it takes a lot of the people in your your guys' shoes to educate individuals and make sure they don't do stupid shit like I do. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we're always learning too. Like I remember one thing we were taught in school was it's called practice for a reason. It's always changing. You're always learning new stuff, new stuff's coming out. Like you're never going to master everything. There's always something more for you to learn. And then you got to deal with the human dynamic, just like anything else. You're dealing with a bunch of individual people with different understandings of the world and different points of view. And, and you have to communicate to them how you want them to go about doing it. And I have a friend out here that was talking about uh, programming. And he's like, I just straight up started telling my clients, are you going to do this programming or am I going to, am I just wasting my time writing this? And nine times out of 10, they, they'll either, they'll give them a, they'll give them an answer and be like, yes or no. And then he's saved X amount of time on his practice because he doesn't have to build programming for 50% of those clients now because they're saying, yeah, I'm not going to do it regardless of what you tell me. And it's, it's helped him out in the sense of his practice, but yeah, there's, you're always going to deal with that human nature of how you communicate the information. How are you going to get your point across? How are you going to get them to do what you need them to do or what they need to do to, to get to the next level? Yep. And that's like people ask me all the time because I may see 10 people in a day that have back spasms. They want to know how long is it going to be till I'm better? Not, no one is a textbook. No one responds exactly like a textbook is going to say. Joe is not going to respond the same as Susie. And it's just everyone's individual. Everyone's different. Exactly. Yeah, because the back spasm, I'm assuming it probably can come from multiple areas. You got an ankle, ankle mobility issue and makes you sit more anterior in your pelvis. And next thing you know, that's causing that lower back problem or it could be the hip, the, the lower or the upper back or whatever it may be. Nobody probably has the same issue at that point in time. Yeah, definitely. There's so many variables that go into anything, so. So when's the next round? When are you playing next? <laughs> I wish I could give you an answer to that. <laughs> Weather in North Carolina's got to be pretty solid right now, right? I just I just live through my patients and how they're playing. Oh, there you go. Back curiously, yep. <laughs> you got to get them down to a four handicap, though. <laughs> I know, I know. They're like, oh, some people will come in and I'm like, all right, let's go ahead and lay down on the table. They're like, are you gonna adjust the eagle into me today? Right. Well, we'll see. I sure am. It's just your. It's up to you to get it. <laughs> you got a net. You got a net though in the office, though, right? I think I saw that in the IG. Yeah, uh, we're actually in. Almost have our new one up too. We have a full OptiShot simulator and everything going into our new office, so oh, yeah. that'll be up and running probably within a week or so. Oh, the game's gonna be tight then. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I I hit plenty inside. <laughs> is it when you go to those side <laughs> those flat lies are nice and easy i just can't get out there and get a round to 18 in but uh no i get plenty of swings in there you go i love it so what's oh, yeah. yeah let's go on like one more question like what would be 
more important, do you think, in golf swing? Uh, like hip mobility or shoulder mobility, or is, does it matter? They're like the same, basically. If you had to pick one or the other to get better. If I had to pick one, I would go hip. Hip, yeah. For the power, Just for power generation. I mean, everyone, doesn't matter how old they are. I've got people in their 60s telling me they're trying to hit it 250 plus and whatnot. So everyone's always wanting more power. So hip mobility, for sure. Yep, farther farther and more consistent that's right consistency yep absolutely more more repeatable movement yeah strengthen the (laughs) glutes and core pretty difficult when your movement's different every day especially especially if you have a bunch of different issues going on yep (laughs) well nice brother well i appreciate your time man probably got uh probably want to get some dinner in you what's uh what's what's on the keto menu tonight you already eat yeah we just had like or some chicken and broccoli and cheese Ooh. made it like a little casserole thing you got to be creative on keto because you can't add in a lot of the fancy stuff and all the seasonings got sugar in them so you got to be creative oh, i just try and eat more avocados so i like avocados <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's the best way that that'll get you into ketosis real quick <laughs> <laughs> they're expensive i gotta make a trip down to mexico they're <laughs> they're in high demand now there oh yeah there you go nice brother we appreciate nice. you being on man and uh hopefully we'll be talking with you again soon yeah absolutely thanks for having me yeah thanks paul have a good one buddy all right paul. appreciate you take care you too buddy see ya